Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book I uh, do the review and stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to and hopefully enjoy. Joining me today is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. And uh, last time out it was Juliana's book, or she read the book and I didn't. And this yes. time I read the book and Juliana hasn't and that's why we're doing a podcast like three days later or two days later. <laughs> yeah. Turns out if we review each book that I read and the books that you Juliana reads if they're science fiction books we actually have like twice as many episodes they come out more often unless like the next book that we're going to review we both read the books we exactly. both read the same book at the same time we'll talk yes. about that later um so coming up now uh i'll put it this way earlier this year i mentioned this a bit in the last episode but of course people are going to come into this fresh they're not going to listen to the the end of the previous episode so let's just do the introduction to this book um, earlier this year, Ben Bova died. No, not earlier this year. Last year, last wasn't year it? at the end of last year. Oh, I should have brought up his um, Wikipedia page. Let's quickly do this while uh, Wikipedia, Wikipedia, Wikipedia. What Ben Bova? All right, there you go. It's a fun so name. It says here uh, he was born in 1932, November 8th, 1932, and died November 29th, 2020. Yeah, so like a month ago, over a month ago now. Yeah. Um, he was an American writer. He was the author of more than 120 works of science fiction and fact. A six-time winner of the Hugo Award, an editor of Analog Science Fiction and Fact, and an editorial director of Omni. He was also the president of both the National Space Society and the Science Fiction Writers of America. So this is one of these guys who is, uh, you know, like in that same era as, uh, you know, Asimov and Heinlein mm. and all those kind of guys. And um, yeah. In Arthur C. Clarke, he was kind of, he had his own series, his own style of writing, but was sort of like in with those guys throughout the 19, I guess, 60s, 70s. When Actually, when was his first, when it was his first book uh, published? Um, oh, main article, Ben Bova bibliography. So yeah, ni- like 1973, 1971. Yeah, so like 1970s, 80s, 90s, 2000s and 2010s and all the way up to 2020. That is it's very impressive. Also, like yeah. it's, it's not only, of course, he's he's been living for a long time, but also he's been writing. Like he continued writing long into his, I don't know, yeah. 70s then. Yeah, and he's, been, he's also got a book coming out in 2021. So he obviously had some oh. in the works before oh, wow. ready to go. Yeah, so uh, decades, decades, many decades long of a writer. And I realised that I hadn't uh, reviewed any of his books on the Science Fiction Book Review podcast, mainly because he was, for me, very much a writer who's all his books I kind of caught up with, or a lot of his books I caught, caught up with um, in the 90s. And uh, as I started reading science fiction in the 90s throughout the 2000s, um, and that's because, like I say, you can name his books along with a lot of like Arthur C. Clarke. You know, he's kind of a very Arthur C. Clarke kind of author. You told Um, me once that you you read a lot that was in your local library. Was that like these books were just available there? Just available there. And uh, they have to be read. Yeah, they were. They were, a lot of them. A lot of them were available, and um, there's a, one series. You know, like all of these authors will have like a main series or like a, yeah. a couple of series that they'll be known for. Like, so once you get into them, you're like, oh, what other books are in this series? So you start of reading. You start reading Isaac Asimov. You do some iRobot. You do sort of like uh, Caves of Steel and things like that. And then you're like, oh, there's a whole series of robot books. And then you're like, oh, he's also got the Foundation. Oh, there's a whole <laughs> yeah. series of Foundation books. And like, and then yeah. you got these other books, like either ancillary books to that or just standalone. Novels and you work your way through them, yes. and you get you, you kind of hit the highlights of these authors, you know, when you yeah. when you do that. I mean, I think you quickly realize: is this kind of writing uh, that this author does? Is this for me? Do I like this kind of writing? Yeah, um, yeah. 
And then, and then, of course, then once you you've been hooked, yeah, uh, you then are going to. And that's the thing. I kind of ticked off quite a lot of books in the series, the ones that kind of interest me, and the series that he was uh, known for, or one of his most popular series, was his uh, Grand Tour series. Okay. And uh, this is the idea that, and I've mentioned this a few times before, that the idea of do, go, going on a grand tour. Um, I think one of the times I mentioned it was when we were talking about Alistair Reynolds' book in his Elephant series. And in that first book, um, it starts off in in uh, Kenya. No, Tanzania, I yeah. guess. Um, or Kenya. No, I can't remember which one. Whichever, whichever. No, it must have been Tanzania because they, they were lo- launching from, from Mount... Uh, Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro, wasn't yes. it? Yes, yes. Or, yes. or was it Mount Kenya? Or was it Mount Tanzanjika or something? Anyway. They were, they were launching from now a big you, volcano. Yeah, now, now I'm you, not sure. Anyway, yeah. but then they go to the moon and then they go to Mars and then they go to yeah. Saturn and then they go to like, so one of these books or like a series of books, which which goes around and does a grand tour of the of the solar system. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the reasons why I call it a grand tour novel, you know, Kim Stanley Robinson did one and lots of, lots of authors will do their own version of a grand tour. Like we'll yes. go from this place to this place, tell a bit more story. And uh, yeah, this grand tour idea is, uh, is also by Ben... Uh, ben Bova, the, his Grand Tour series, the Grand Tour chronicles humanity's struggles to colonize our solar system in the late 21st century. Um, the uh, So the current listing is taken directly from Ben Bova's website. Please note that some fans suggest a slightly different order than the author. So um, there is a this is a 24 novel uh, series of books. Wow. And How just- many of those have you read? Um, well, here's the thing. I read quite a few of them because I read, I think I read Mars and Moonrise and Moon War. And then you go back and you read Power Sat and Privateers, Empire Builders. And then you can go on to, uh, I definitely remember reading Jupiter and there's another one on Jupiter. What's the other one? Leviathan, Jupiter and Leviathans of Jupiter. I remember reading and enjoying Saturn. I read okay. Titan. I read Mercury, Venus. I read, but then there's a few of those in, in between Return to Mars. Don't remember the Precipice. Don't don't remember that one. Uh, what's that one? He goes to no. Don't remember. Don't remember that one at all. I'm just looking at some of the the quick the quick bits of the uh, introductions yes, of yes. these as well. But the, um, but the, does this mean this this list that you have there on Goodreads is that then the uh, the order of um, publication or chronological or I think that's the, how uh, they the, suggest this, reading it or this is the uh, chron. I think this is the this is uh, Ben Bova's list and he he does it by internal chronology so you can oh, read okay. through it chronology. Right. Uh, 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 in fact, I, I'll just actually click on that link as well. Uh, the introduction is Luke, Bur- Luke Burridge reads uh, Wikipedia entries and... Uh, uh, and other websites out for you to enjoy. Yeah, so uh, the Grand Tour collection... Um, Oh look, there's a discount uh, discount e bundle, so you can if you just want to ah, get like you just ten get books, ten, bu- ten books in one. So uh, yeah, so oh, actually that's the M- Macmillan website, but he lists them or they're listed on Wikipedia in chron- internal chronological order, but okay. they're not they're not in publication. Uh, they order. weren't they weren't actually published in that order. Yes. So like PowerSat. Oh no, so actually I must have got mixed up. So PowerSat comes out in 2005. So I haven't read that one, but I did read Empire Builders and then or, no, I read Mars. And then Empire Builders and Privateers, you know, so they're, yeah, they are published out of, you, out of order. You jump a bit around yeah. in, the, in the chronological order. Yes, uh, yeah. because you can't, you can't read them in this order if you started if, reading it, in 1995. Exactly, then the, the latest one went out yet. Yeah, it wasn't so out yet. You, yeah. So, and that's really what it comes down to, is that by the time I got to start doing Science Fiction Book Review podcast, I guess my reading, my reading kind of changed a bit. Like I say, I've read very little Heinlein, in, I mean, I've reviewed very little Heinlein in this series and uh, very little Asimov and very little Arthur C. Clarke. 
like a few works by them, but you know, I I got out that kind of I got out these um 1980s 19 oh sorry 1930s through to 1980s reading I got, got most of that out of the way in the 90s if you know what I mean so it was going back So before the SFPAP and yeah. then you don't just go back and read all of them again No because there's no talk there's about no all point of them again Yeah but this is kind of like your your baseline science fiction book knowledge like like your internal yeah. library that you have collected the books the knowledge Yeah there's there's some books which I consider kind of a bit foundational to my enjoyment of reading other books yeah. and a lot of them come down to these kind of classics or what you could call these classic authors or classic science fiction in other words the old white guys in a way like yeah. you know because they were so popular and so established that when they would write about a subject you know if when uh, Larry Niven does Ringworld yes. you every time that you read something which can compare to that you're like oh yes. this is oh, like this a like, Ringworld yeah. style novel or yes. if you read something about robots you're like oh this you know we can compare it to robots when I was saying that before um, with the uh, uh, what was it the book the mechanical yeah. um, where there's these things you're like oh right I'm I'm going I see this is this is working in a pro- positronic brain tradition yeah. and playing in that space you know like this um, Asimovian yeah there's there's uh, topics yeah there's yeah. The, the different kind of things and and you see that as well where you know like but again once that's done it's mm. very difficult to add new stuff there and ne- and then you get into the new thing within the 90s 80s and 90s you got the rise of cyberpunk and then people who are writing about te- like technology and other things like that they're then writing in the shadow of um of you know what happened Previously, like, yeah, 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 of, yeah, of course. Uh, and Neil Stevenson and um, William Gibson, you know, people are then writing in there, and then you get like I, I said before about like the the um, Ian M. Banks. He's he wrote the culture novel, yeah. and I actually think that a lot of people who are now writing science fiction are kind of working in not in the shadow, but like they're working in the light of mm. the culture series. Loads of stuff these days about you know ships with personalities yeah. and names Robots and people and people being able to change sex and all that kind androids. of stuff. And yeah. you're like, oh, right. So really what what uh, Ian M Banks was doing in the like late 90s early 2000s is like, the foundation for current I wouldn't say it's the foundation but like what he was doing there with those with those uh, some of those ideas yes. he was like just layering that in the background and now but people have now kind of discovered oh we can do that same kind of thing ships yeah. with funny names people yeah. being able to have sex changes uh, yes. or or whatever you know whatever these other kind of things yeah. so i'm not saying that everyone read Ian and Banks and now is 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 copying him. Yeah. But there are these there are these novels or these these writers who uh yeah, again, my enjoyment of their novels is based on me having previously read those novels. Yes. I'm not saying that they previously read the novels and are and are just playing in that space. I'm saying that my enjoyment of their novels is based on me reading previous yes. authors. It's the same kind of exploration that like Isaac Asimov did with the robot series, where yeah. he explored all the the rules of robotics and the, the laws of robotics and all these kind yeah. of stuff. So he did the the work there so that later people, later later authors can yeah. then just take this as, you know, People probably know about this, yeah. so they don't have to start all over again. Thinking, oh, how? but again, I don't want to talk about it. I'm I'm now talking about it from my reading reaction point of view, rather than the author's writing kind of point of view. Let's talk death of the author. It doesn't matter what okay. the author was thinking or yes. if the author has read it. Again, we talked to Peter F. Hamilton, and he was saying, oh, it's been a long time since I've read Hyperion. It's like, well, yeah. it's interesting that you managed to, you know, write in the technology yeah. exactly the same. <laughs> oh, a portal-based society is it? You know, yeah. in a portal-based economy, yeah. and it's all about 
going to another place and setting up portals mm. there. All oh, mm. right, so that's all of the storylines of. Okay, uh, let, uh, from know. the reader reader point. So of view. from the reader but, point yes. of view, I'm saying that like all the stuff that Peter F. Hamilton denied putting in his book as being influenced by Hyperion, my enjoyment of his book is based on my reading of Hyperion. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. No, even yeah. if the author, no, I get it, I get it. Even if the author is, it hasn't consciously done that, or not even consciously done it, they even deny that they even deny that they unconsciously did it. Yeah. Or they say it's impossible because I've not read that earlier book. Um, that's actually the, the the same kind of thing with um, with uh, uh, Yoon Ha Lee. Um, right. And I was like, oh, this is fantastic because it feels like they're playing in the same space of use of use of weapons, yes. you know, and uh, playing the games. And then Yoon Ha Lee was like, uh, um, I don't know. <laughs> like I, I've not actually read Culture Brooks. Can anyone give me uh, like a reading order? Although, what? How should I get into it? So yeah. I was like, Oh no, do it this way. And yeah. they were like, Yeah, okay, let's uh, let's uh, I'll try it in that order. So again, it's that one of the things that I know that even though I I saw I saw use of weapons in yes. Nine Fox Gambit, it it wasn't there because uh, because Yoon Hat Lee hadn't read it. He yeah. hadn't read it. Um, I just had a, a great um, a great um, metaphor mm-hmm. in my head. It is a little bit like every author is sitting in a, in a in a little plane. Yeah. And they see other planes flying around. Yeah. But the reader yeah. is standing on Earth. Yeah, and seeing all the planes. Seeing all the planes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's know. actually really good. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm seeing, I'm enjoying current science fiction, like, from the vantage point of me also having seen other science fiction, even if the people exactly. who are writing now yeah. hadn't read it. And, of yeah. course, I know that's not the case with things like um, the, the Light Brigade, where they're just like, oh, right, we're just doing Starship Troopers. Yeah. Let's go. Or, yeah. like, this, we're playing in that space. Whereas other people might be influenced or might be drawing on the same influences, but my enjoyment relies on or a lot of my enjoyment comes from just knowing that anyway i'm just saying that ben bova was one of those authors who while not one of my favorite authors just one that i happen to have read 10 books by in the past yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever so ben bova dies i'm like all right let's head over to uh, to goodreads Goodreads. And actually, no, I, didn't. I went over to Audible yeah. and I was like, I'm going to look through this grand series, uh, uh, this, sorry, this grand tour series yeah. and see where I can get to in that, se- in that series where I know I've not read. The- like, what's the first book that I know I've not read? I know I've not read a few pre- like previous ones, but what's the book after the one that I know I've definitely read? Right. And that was New Earth. And it was a book which is um, uh, came out in 2000... Um, Oh, I, I clicked on the wrong link here. Okay, let's go over here. New Earth, uh, first published in 2013. So I knew I hadn't read it because okay. I hadn't reviewed it on the SFBRP. Yes. And I was like, oh, and it's kind of like that late, you know, that like later kind of thing. So instead of it just being, oh, I'm going to go back and read Venus or whatever. Where you uh, could almost tell me like... Yeah. Well, actually, in the, the last podcast, and... let me actually read out an email. I, I kind of said what the plot was of Venus, like in an ex- like to say, oh, I, I remember this book too well. It came out in 2000. Yeah. I probably read it in like 2002 or whatever I don't know like yes. early 2000s yeah. and it, I remembered it so well enough that I didn't do it so and I kind of explained the plot a, a young guy or like a, the, the younger son of a billionaire um, had a bad relationship with his father and the and then his older brother was lost on Venus and the, and the billionaire father said hey if anyone if anyone can get like go to Venus be the first person to land on Venus and bring back like any evidence that he was there or re- any remains yeah. uh, they get this prize and the younger son was like ah 
I thought ha. that was a challenge to me, even though it turns out it wasn't. <laughs> I thought it was a challenge to me. And um, but so he goes to Venus and there's like mutineers and shipwrecks and rescues <laughs> okay. and all this other kind of stuff. And um, and somebody, Thomas, who is a listener, said plot wise, uh, he sent me an email. He says plot wise, I'm reminded of Jack London's Seawolf or is it Deja Vu? Thanks, Thomas. And and I was like, well, I've never read Jack London's Seawolf. Okay. So I looked at the Wikipedia page. Um, and a quick glance, and I replied back to, to uh, Thomas with this, but a quick glance of Seawolf shows that the, um, the main character is, is called Humphrey Van Waden in Seawolf. That's yeah. the Seawolf main character. Yeah, like a... And I was like, well, I recognize that name. So I went over to, uh, to the Venus Wikipedia page from Menbova, yeah. and it turns out the main character is called Van Humphreys. Ha. So you've got uh-huh. Hum- Humphrey uh-huh. Van Waden, and then you've got Van Humphreys, Van Humphreys. In the, and those are the two <laughs> different things. I remember at the time thinking, Van is an interesting name for, like an interesting first name yeah. because I always thought of it as like as a middle name yeah. of Dutch people or whatever yeah, um, like or, a, or Belgian uh, people that, fun yeah whatever Humphrey, Humphrey Van Baden <laughs> you know yeah Claude Van Dam but yeah. his first name was Van I mean I know it is a, a, a first name in some places you know there yeah. are some people called Van but it seemed like an interesting choice even back then I was like oh interesting choice of a name and then of course in the same way that you can actually do all kinds of criticism biblical criticism all kinds of things if you pick out incongruities in the text and mm. you're like why is that there that doesn't make any sense but then that incongruity is explained by it being a reference to something else that's yes. a little signal to you yeah. go oh this is actually reliant on this previous book like yes. why is this here it's not it's logical like, these, like well, that's, that's interesting why is that these, there and it's not explained within the text it's explained by reference to something it's else it's like these insider um, language things where anybody else wouldn't pick up yeah. but if you do have this cross Cross yeah, you knowledge. have a cross, a cross knowledge. Uh, then it makes sense. Ah. So for me, it was like, yeah, interesting name, whatever. And it turns out, like reading through the Wikipedia page of Seawolf, um, again, not the same plot, but a lot of the same incidences. Again, like mutinies, uh, okay. like shipwrecks, rescues, and and the okay. kind of thing. Bad relationship. And is with that the also a science fiction book? No, it's Jack London. It's about it's about probably sailing around the Arctic Ocean or something like that, and whaling or whatever. I don't know who Jack London is? Oh, okay. Should I know that? No, you should. I mean, there's no reason for you okay. to know Jack London, but you know, he he wrote lots of books in the early 20th century. Okay. So, not science fiction. Okay. I think he did. Re- I think he re- wrote like two science fiction novels or something. I read one where there's a gas cloud that goes across the whole Earth and kills everyone, and then there's an Arctic explorer who was sort of like north of the gas cloud, and he comes down and finds stuff like that. But again, that's that's literally 30 years ago that I read that. Right. Maybe not 30. That's 25 years ago I read that, so I don't remember it. Um, very oh, so, closely. so so that means that Jack London books were their first before very much their ah, first before Ben Bova. For, That's for some that, reason, the way that you told this, you told this to me yesterday, I think. You, yeah, you, you, you tell it, and then, oh, you thought Jack London came after Ben Bova? <laughs> no, 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 very much the other way around. <laughs> oh, okay. We should read a Jack London book. It'll be interesting. Okay, yeah, okay. that might be a, that might be a fun thing to do. So anyway, I went over to Audible. Wow, we've gone 19 minutes. Haven't even got to the book, oh. which is actually good because I have very little to say about <laughs> this book. So anyway, it turns out that Ben Bova books. In the Audible Free Library, exactly Yay. the one that I wanted. So I Ooh. got this one, and uh, yeah, and I got it. And this is one of the few. T- this is one of the times I'm like, oh, I'm glad that there's an Audible Free Library that it's just <laughs> these books are just included because if I want to read more of them, they're there. You know, okay. quite a few of these Grand Tour novels are right there. So if you have an Audible account, that's cool. Just go over to the included library, and you can. Oh no, you can... I had an interesting thought right now. Oh, yeah, what's up? 
is this free library the same for everyone or is this like a, a like a, like a curated oh this person reads like these kind of books so we give him I these books for free i think they're just i just think they're whatever like oh, they're, okay they're the kind of i mean it's weird to say this but so far they are very much the um I think it feels like what they've done is they've gone through and found all of the books that are being rated between like two stars and three and three stars or three and a half stars and going, oh, like people aren't How spending. How can we get people like, to I'm read? I'm just thinking yeah. not enough people are spending credits on these audio or it feels like not mm. enough people are spending credits on these audio books and we've got this, you know, we can use this promotion or saying, oh yeah, you spend a, a, an audible credit per month and these other books over here. But yeah, it doesn't feel like they're putting all their new releases or five star books in those yeah. in those things. Now I had, I mean, I'm really sorry to interrupt this again. Nope, are we going to get to the book at some point? Yeah, again, I have very but little now, to say about this book. But now, yeah. yesterday, uh, we no, the day before, we went on a walk, and you told me about this these schemes of the frequent fly miles. Now, I don't think it's anything to do with it. Is this like, no, like no, 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 no. everybody's no, paying no, 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 for no. you Does to read these subscription for free? services are another kind of scam? <laughs> okay, it's not multi-level marketing. It's just a subscription service, and okay. the way that subscription services work is that most people use them a bit. Yeah. A few people use them a lot and some people don't use them at all. You know, they sign <laughs> okay. up and never do it at all. But again, this is it, but this is different. This kind of subscription service is different because it is a you get one credit per month. So you, yeah. you're actually exchanging something for something. You know, yes. it's it's more of like a discount program than a, a membership. Okay. Um, and also maybe you then get into a series yep. that are a few books done yep. on the free library and then you find one book that you are interested in and then but you But I'm just have saying quite a lot of the grand tour books are available in the in the free uh, audible free library. So I got this new Earth book and it starts off and I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember the world and stuff. And it's about people going to another planet. Oh, meanwhile, on Earth, this is like two centuries in the future. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, on Earth, um, there's uh, massive amounts of flooding from climate change and everyone's like trying to get off Earth or lots of people trying to get off Earth and lots of flooding. Um, And so this whole book is very much kind of analogy to that. So I could just tell you what the story is. But to be honest, the story, not that interesting or not that fantastic. It's it's okay. Okay. It's merely okay. But it's one of those stories where people arrive somewhere. There's a mystery. There's some people who know the answer to the mystery, but they're pretty much saying, "Ah, we're not going to we're not going to tell you right away. You're not ready to learn that. Uh, or you, you know, it's too advanced. It's too mind blowing. We're not going to do it." So they kind of they kind of answer questions slowly. So a lot of the book is is the humans go arriving. And uh, saying to the aliens, oh, aliens, uh, uh, when were you born? Oh, you were born in this planet. And they're going, Mm. I've lived here my entire life. And you're like, okay, you didn't answer the question. You didn't say you were born. And of course, later on, it turns out the aliens weren't born there. You know, they were, you know, they were. Oh, they uh, invaded the planet. No, no. They were in. Okay. Well, it, it doesn't matter what I was, but, you know, <laughs> be, them being born there or not born there is 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 a plot point. But you can just go, oh, you scientists, like 12 scientists turn up or like yeah. 11 scientists uh, plus the diplomat who is like the um, like the administrator who's in charge, who's like the main character. Yeah. Of this. OK. Um, they turn up to this planet. It's it's over. It's orbiting Sirius. It's very Earth-like, and they turn up there to study it. Yeah. And the rest of the Grand Tour is often about finding uh, life um around the rest of uh, the uh, the solar system. Yeah. So, you know, when when the guy finally arrives in Venus, he finds some life on Venus. They're like, oh, shit, life down here. I didn't expect to find that. You know, we haven't found any evidence to it. But like yeah. all the other books are about finding life on Mars and extremophiles and in Jupiter. That's what the okay. Jupiter and the Leviathans of Jupiter are about. And, you know, right. so 
all of those different kind of things, life everywhere. And there they're like, oh, let's go to the Earth-like planet over there. It's going to take us 80 years to get there. And when we arrive eight light years away in Sirius, um, they find, yeah, aliens, this time intelligent aliens and very strange ones. Don't want to give too much away. <laughs> okay. But here's the thing. I have read Ben Bova before. Mm. And I have read lots of other books <laughs> since Ben Bova has been writing this kind of thing. Yes. And unfortunately, I read the title of the book which follows this. So this is actually, there's actually two books, two more Grand Tour books with these same characters. Yeah. Them going off to this planet and then coming back. Yeah. And then I noticed that the there's another series which is kind of adjacent to the Grand Tour. Mm. And that that book series, the title of that first book series... Spoils this book. Only if you've read enough science fiction... <laughs> Like I have, that you recognize what the plot, what the major reveal is going to be or what the plot Ah, point is going to be later. I see. And I would, and again, I'm not sure if anyone cares about this enough for me to spoil it, but there's this, there's a, I can't even remember what the book is, but I think they decode an alien message in whatever book it is. And it shows, and it shows a picture of the galaxy. And it shows, to be honest, this might be another one of the Ben Bova books in this series. I don't even, the thing is I don't even remember, but yeah. it shows the little light that like spikes up, like yeah. a little line graph, like a little bar chart kind yeah. of graph that spikes up through a star. Yeah. And then another one spikes up through a star and then another one spikes up through a star and another one spikes up through a star and another one. And you're like, oh, these are supernovas. Yeah. Like it's it's sort of like a, an info, like a, an infographic. An infograph. Infographic telling us where the supernovas are and, you know, like by the powerful gamma radiations. That yeah. Come off of it so it's like spike here spike here it's spike like here, the, spike the here, papers spike. that we see on on the uh, um what? on the channel on um what's what's the one where they talk about astronomy yeah period pe- no not the period yeah yeah the deep sky videos yes or whatever. the it's deep like sky that. videos where we yeah. see all these graphs and then they have these spikes yeah, and yeah, things and spikes it tells and you like it tells and then you what happens and then what happens is the camera of this from this alien signal like the the virtual camera mm. zooms way way out way 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 out from the galaxy mm. and then so in the center of the galaxy, this massive long bar chart. Mm. And you're like, oh. So anyway, judging by the f- the name of the first book in the series, which follows two books after that, which is the side series from the thing, mm. I worked out what the main plot point of this book was <laughs> and what was going on and, and it what was? it was. And it was, and and it was. was exactly <laughs> that. Okay. Uh, but again, the, the book wasn't spoiled for me by that. But but it was one of those things where I was like, ah, right. You know, as the aliens start saying what they're saying, I'm like, oh, OK, yeah, I, I'm getting I'm getting what this book is going to be yeah. in two books time when it starts this thing. So this is one of the things. Don't ever do too much research and go, yeah. oh, what book shall I read? Sometimes it's best just to go in, in fresh. And I might have been undenied the chance to uh, work this stuff out for myself. Okay. However, yes. so what is the book? It's about some aliens. The people arrive somewhere, meet some aliens. Yeah. The aliens have a secret and the book is doling out that secret bit by bit. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is not very satisfying in any way because you were sort of like, all right, just tell me the answers. And at some point they're just like, just tell us, tell us. This is really frustrating. And I'm like, yeah, as a reader, this is a bit frustrating. Even though, it, you know, the, the mystery is actually, it's a pretty cool mystery and what's going on is pretty cool. Okay. Um. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of scientists who there's always this thing sort of like, oh, we're fried, we're going to run off home. It's sort of like, yeah, but the, we're, this is the greatest scientific discovery of all time. And <laughs> they're like, let's get leave. out of here. You know, so there's a bit of that. There's a bit of like, oh, these two people, they just need to talk to each other and they'll they'll oh. solve all the problems or whatever. And there's a bit of drama around yeah. that. Unfortunately, but, well, 
now uh, in recent, like, especially last year and this year, I get to learn humanity a bit more. And the, the issue is, is that it, it, this is real. Um, this issue of you see, so you see two people, they just, just talk to each other, just like, you know, and. And it could be could sort out. Yes. However, what I really liked about this is that that's pretty much where all the drama comes from. Mm. And otherwise, it's a very gentle book about a group of people and yeah. one person kind of just getting through it. At one point, they're like, oh, the group of scientists are going to like rise up and kick out the administrator. Like, oh, you've been compromised. We don't think. And he's sort of like, oh, OK, yeah, I'll just step aside. And I'm like, oh, Oh, that's really that's a really weird story beat to have in a book where someone yeah. who's a leader and the main character yeah. is sort of like, yeah, you've got a point. I understand that me being compromised means that, that I you can't trust me now, and actually someone else needs to leave, and I just need to step aside. Huh. I'll just pick the person who's going to lead after me, so there's like a, a, a you know a clean transition of power, mm-hmm. and they just step aside. And uh, what a good move! I know, and it was really weird reading this yesterday on the seventh uh, <laughs> of January. No, actually, that I mean, I, yeah. So it was just yes. one of those weird uh, things where you just sort of like, oh, that's really interesting that there doesn't have to be drama in that way. No, no, it's it really weird. Yeah. Um, uh, people can self-reflect and see. Oh yes, maybe yeah. the way that I acted or the way that I uh, talked has yeah. had bad effects. Maybe I should just leave. Step back a bit. Yeah. So uh, anyway, it was. So that you know, weirdly to say, we we took uh, we took twenty twenty four minutes to get to the book, and now we've talked about this book for five minutes, and I've pretty much wrapped up everything <laughs> that I actually want to say about it. Except okay. the characters, very two dimensional. Two people fall in love by us being told that they're just now in love, and I'm like, all right, whatever. Okay, I okay. Could have seen a bit more than just physical attraction. Ben Bova, old white guy. This book is full of like that casual sexism, you know. Right? And I said before, like, mm-hmm. oh, you describe a man, and you describe them by how many doctorates you have, and then you describe a woman, and you describe them by how beautiful she is, you know. Yeah. Not, not as bad as that previous. Who was the previous one that I uh, episode? I'm just going to quickly look at the episode list. What was the What was the book that I read recently? The Inherit the Stars. Yeah, by James P. Hogan. No, nowhere close to James P. Hogan level of sexism. <laughs> okay. Um, but the casual. But, but still, for 2013, like noticeably, author. like oh, so the mm. women are all beautiful, and then there's one woman who isn't beautiful, and she's described by her but ugliness. But let me guess. Or it, her dowdriness. Like the, the women are then the assistants to the... No, actually, that's not that's not, that's no? not the case. No, okay. the, uh, the women well. are mostly equal. But this is told from the point of view of a guy who's falling in love with a woman and his brother is getting together with another woman. Uh-huh. And those women, like, they go off camping at one point and they're sort of like, oh, we should have brought the women over with us. And, and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, that is how two brothers would probably talk about their current relationships. <laughs> and they're, while they're off camping by themselves, they're like, oh, it'd be much better if the women were here. So there's be here we could have gone swimming or whatever like that yeah so um yes unfortunately not the best in that case um however and i said that's all the story out of the way but the themes of the story i actually found quite interesting in that each one of the characters in the book is pretty much uh, like just a stand-in for for an environmental message and actually the uh, acting on environmental disasters or preparing for environmental disasters because the environmental disaster that's going to happen in this book is Flooding? No, I told oh. you, a oh. massive, a massive uh, uh, supernova that uh, spreads oh. radiation across the galaxy, and that they're going to have to get people on Earth to be safe from this uh, radiation disaster oh, that's happening in two thousand years' time. Okay, but it's happening in two thousand years' time. Yes. So what do the politicians do now? Like the the current politicians, 
nothing probably they'll just leave it yeah, for the next people two years uh, yeah. two thousand years yeah. it doesn't affect doesn't any affect of us. us we'll just kick the can down the road and stuff like that so uh while that's a very uh, he- that's my very heavy-handed way of saying it and that is kind of like made explicit at the end of the book this is one of those things where the aliens are pretty much saying what do we have to do to convince these people that this issue is going to be real so they actually take it seriously and actually act on it in their own best interest and for the best interest of the people of the future. So that's what pretty much the whole book is about. It's quite preachy. It's not very subtle, but that that is the book that somebody is writing and Ben Bover is writing that, I guess, as someone who is interested in climate change and environmentalism, like it's like heavy handed. And by 2013, no problem with that at all. I mean, it's sort yeah, of like, it's yeah, absolutely it's, it's in, a, in it's the wheelhouse. In now, his wheelhouse. And so again, like thematically, that's what we have. Otherwise, it's kind of bland characters, two dimensional characters with a a mystery that I already uh, already kind of worked out because I read the title of the first book of the series that follows this book. Um, environmental message and some exploration of of uh, why people will do something or why people not and motivations uh, of not responding to coming disasters or predicted disasters. So yeah. Oh, this is so weird. That's because, my review. Because this, all these themes, like I get more, like I've, I've, I've been living on this earth for now 35 years. Wow, you're 35 years old. Oof, yeah. Um, I, I have read a few books i've watched a few movies and every time this comes across there's this one person or a few people saying look this is coming and everybody's like yeah yeah well we don't believe you just and then it happens and everybody's like oh we should have trusted this one person yeah how i mean and now these last two years have been like Oh, that I is actually see. what people are like. You, the the far fetched situation is like nobody oh. could be that stupid. Nobody could just be unprepared. Yes. Nobody could deny that anything was happening. Yeah, I know it's weird, but, isn't it? But it is so weird, yeah. and it's like I'm looking at this and thinking like, and and it, this is happening really just around the corner. This is happening with colleagues and uh, and um, p- acquaintances that I know. Where I think like, how do you? Whoa, humanity is really not clever, is it? And uh, so all these things. So I, I, I would even say, even if there now would be aliens coming to us in our real world, yeah, we would exactly behave like they, they behaved in this. People book. can't even wear face masks. Like leaders, national yes. leaders of countries, still can't work out. Don't go on holiday during a pandemic I, I, for Christmas and wear masks and stuff like that. Yeah, like yesterday, I was sitting on on the couch and I said, like, I can't face palm enough. Yeah. For what I'm seeing in the world. And in not just one topic. We actually but said like, we don't, our faces aren't big enough and we don't have enough palms, palms to, 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 to face, face palm, palm as much palm. as we need to. Oh, it's it's incredible. And then we read these books and everywhere it's like, oh, yeah. And there are these issues and, um, and then there's this uprising and then uh, there's some clever people and they lead people and people partly follow. And then, you know, problems can be solved. But. The way that I'm seeing it now, um, I'm kind of glad that I'm born in between. I will probably not experience too bad of the effects of the climate change. Mm. Uh, I happen to live in a in a place where it's not going to be too bad and stuff. But it's it's bad. Humanity is just losing it, isn't it? And and all these science fiction authors and all these people who have predicted it years and years and years ago 
they were all right. They were all correct with all yeah. what they were saying. Yeah. It's frightening. All right, just quick. I had a quick look while you're saying that here because I just want to tie that in now to these uh, the reviews, uh, friends' um, reviews good, on Goodreads. Good yeah. I just said it here. Ben Bower something something. He is an environmentalist but re- rejects Luddism. Um, what? So, Luddism. Oh, Luddites meaning uh, tear down modern technology, go back to living on the fields. Oh, We're okay. all farmers yeah. or whatever, you know. Like, <laughs> we have but to of become... course Luddism now is be... sort of like, everyone, you shouldn't be on TikTok or something like that. Go back yes. to the old ways. You should. Twitter <laughs> should be enough. You're like, all right, Luddite, whatever. Um, anyway, so here's funny... Uh, thing august 2000 uh, 2013 uh, a review by fred hughes a friend of mine on facebook here uh, on on sorry on goodreads mm-hmm. um and uh, he says i have to admit there's only a hint of ben bova's brilliance as a storyteller in this book he doesn't seem to have his heart in the production yeah this is not as good as ben bova from that i remember reading in the 1990s and early 2000s or okay uh, he says, while the premise is interesting, I had already figured out what was going to happen many pages before it happened. <laughs> I'm no Sherlock Holmes, but I do believe most readers of sci-fi will also figure out where the storyline is going. This is a tale of environmental disaster on Earth that sees mankind trying to escape it in space, only to learn of an even worse pending disaster. <laughs> yeah. He says, if you can buy this book at a discount or just want a light read, this is your book. If you want fully developed characters, complex uh, and interesting, thus interesting plot lines, go elsewhere. Uh, <laughs> Although I, although not recommended, I'm still a fan of Ben Bova as I know he can do better than this. And yeah, that's my that's my view of this. I was reading this book, going, ah, I remember Ben Bova being better than this, but not in a way that like I've changed as a reader because that's often what happens. Like you go back and read some of these old authors, you're like, ah, oh, this used to be interesting, or yes, this but used to I, be. I'm not a, a twenty uh, yeah. beginning twenty. I'm not a fifteen year old boy anymore, yeah. <laughs> and sort of like the the appeal of it because this yeah. isn't this kind of science fiction isn't like oh yeah, fifteen year old boys would mm. love this. This is sort of like, you know, meditative examples of leadership and environmentalism, yeah. like no action in this book. Whereas the Venus book, which is all like boys own adventure, like, hey, we're going to space and we're going to land in an airship on Venus or whatever like that. Yeah. And now I know, oh, yeah, that's taken from a Jack London book. So, yeah, uh, uh, yeah so uh, someone else says... Um, uh, Druss rated it four stars, although an interesting premise, not as good as I'd hoped. Uh, read to commemorate his passing, a sad loss. That's from December 29th in 2020. Thanks. Uh, he rated it four stars. I'm not reading this book four stars. And then Michael Wood, back in 2015, kind of an allegor- allegorical tale concerning global climate change in particular and soci- societal procrastination in general. Good themes and <laughs> yeah. an easy read. The dialogue is a little unconvincing and artificial, and that keeps it from being four, a four-star read. So, yeah, pretty much I'm, I'm like, in agreement with, like with uh, especially Fred who reviewed this in 2013 and Michael Woods who reviewed it in 2015 um so yeah those are those are the reviews of mine and yeah they they were everyone's picking up on exactly the same thing right. flat characters um a storyline that you'll see from, and a heavy-handed environmentalism message but you know what <laughs> I like humans me, procrastinating it was, it was totally stuff. fine it was totally fine like yeah. this book it's a totally fine book. Ben Bova has written way better books than this. Okay. And I think if I actually went onto Goodreads and had to look around, I'd find more. You know, like the Friends reviews average three 3.0 rating. Uh, the, the general reviews on um, on Goodreads, 3.36, you know, so not even three and a half star ratings. Yeah. And I reckon that if I uh, checked out some other Grand Tour series, yeah, let's have a look at a good one. I have I have uh, uh, good memories of, let's say, Jupiter. I think Jupiter was a, a good one. Um, oh, man, I can't find it. The Return, Farside, New... Oh, no, it must be earlier than this. Jupiter, oh, 3.8 stars. 
Okay. Yeah, there's there's lots of like 3.8 to 4.4 star books here. So I think that's pretty much where I would be. Like, yeah, three and a half to four stars is what I'd give previous books of his that I've read. Yeah. I don't think any of them rise to the heights of a five-star book or even many to four stars. But yeah. sometimes when you're 21 years old and you go into a second-hand bookshop and the only second-hand books that you find are Ben Bova books, you're totally happy yeah. to buy um, The Silent War by Ben Bova and give it 3.8 stars. Okay. No problem at all. Yeah. Although and, I don't and think some, I've read that and one. And he, he is obviously touching some topics which are then interesting to, as the reader, just think about. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't need to be um, a very substantial, brilliant read every time. These are very much not substantial, brilliant reads all the time. Okay. So I'm going to give this book da, 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 da. three stars, <laughs> despite it not being very good. Okay. It was enough. It Like, again, I review these things purely subjectively, rated them. And while I could tell the characters were flat, the writing wasn't good, I was enjoying myself just be, being in that comfortable, oh, this feels like a book from 20 years previously. Mm. And if so I'd have read nostalgic this... nostalgic yeah, elements it's, it's, in it. Yeah, for, for Luke Burridge, nostalgic <laughs> elements. And I, that's why I mentioned at the start that a lot of my reading is informed by growing up as a science fiction reader, reading books like this by the old white men talking about, hey, some people go off to another another planet and find some aliens and there's a mystery and they solve the mystery and then the book ends and i'm like right. great yeah that's pretty okay. much what science fiction was for a lot of the 20th century yeah and that's what this is and it's got a slightly more up-to-date message than a lot of those yeah. books because a lot of those books were sort of like mystery exists and you're like yes very good very good very good there was well a mystery done. and you solved it anything else no it's just like a big dumb mystery. object arrives and then disappears again you're like well it doesn't really tell us much about um, humanity whereas this book has a bit more to it slightly more to it than that even yeah. if it's a bit heavy-handed okay um so yeah let's call it three stars and uh, a free book from the audible library which i didn't dislike a lot too much <laughs> okay um and uh yeah do you, do you, is this now the place where you could do the uh, the audible um, little audible bit? Or do you think everybody listening... Oh yeah, go to audibletrial.com forward slash Luke Burridge if you want to sign up for a free trial, like a, a free trial for Audible and uh, you support the SFVIP. But I don't... I think it's been a year since I've got a check or yeah. like a PayPal payment from Audible. But, but maybe... I don't mention it on podcasts anymore. Maybe somebody anymore. listening to this doesn't know about this free library yeah. thing now. You can get a lot... If you, want yeah. the, if you want access to the free library, you can get lots of quite mediocre books right there <laughs> in the free library. Sometimes you just want the mediocre books. Yeah. Well, actually, let me have a look here. What was the books... That I've read from there. I read Setaganda, which I gave three stars. Um, uh, Ethan, Ethan of Athos, which I gave two stars. Fleet of Knives, which I gave two stars. Inherit the Stars, which I gave th two stars. And now <laughs> this book, which I've read, I'm going to be giving three stars. Yeah. So yeah, so the average, a, a the average three, book, three star the, book. <laughs> yeah, the average is two, of all the books that I've read so far from the Audible Free Library is 2.5 stars. Which, to be honest, it could be worse. It, like it could yeah, be one star books, but it hasn't been one star books. It's yeah. been on average about two and a half stars. Yeah. for the free and I think library that's books. Absolutely valid because for these kind of books, you don't particularly want to spend the credits yeah. on. And that's so the thing. Like, it's a good deal, if I'd have I started one of these books not with a free credit, I probably wouldn't have finished it and asked for the asked for the credit back to spend on a book that I mm. know that I'm going to enjoy or I have a higher chance of I'm going to enjoy because it's a book that I actually want to read. In this case, I wanted to read something by Ben Bova and it turns out 
the next book in the series that I wanted was already there. Yeah. To be honest, what I should have probably done is gone back and read Jupiter or Saturn or Titan or something <laughs> like that, which I might still do because I think a lot of them are actually available. Um, so you have access to it. You, yeah. can, you can put them in, like in between books that you are actually directly looking into yeah. reading uh, other books actually which are in the free library is the wild shore um <gasps> little the, fuzzies little fuzzy yeah by h bean piper i think i read uh, a rewrite of that which is oh. called uh, um fuzzy something fuzzy nation i don't remember yeah. no but the wild shore uh, kim stanley robinson's the wild shore is books that i read you know like 20 years ago now they're some of his earlier books and uh, it's three stories told in three alternate um uh, alternate uh, future uh, Californias. Okay. And uh, so, uh, yeah, that's why it's called the Three Californias Triptych. But they're not mm. set, they're actually set in alternate futures. Mm. One which is after an apocalypse and everything is very rural. Um, and then another one which is uh, very like cyberpunkish. So it's sort of like set in the future with like corporatism and all that kind of thing. Mm. And the other one is set in a future where it's more utopian and everyone's like living in this socialist paradise and things mm. like that. So um, The Wild Shore, I actually have, have one of the, I had one of those books, I think, in the bookshop bookshelf next next door i've been wanting to get to it literally for about eight or nine years <laughs> but i bought it it's like one of the last ever uh, paper books that i that ever bought, bought. Mm. no i bought it when i was in portland i was just thinking about this yesterday because i posted a, on instagram a, uh, a, a bridge, bridge and i was showing you yep. portland i think i bought that book the wild shore as a paper book as a paper book in 2011 so it has moved now Two times. We've moved out. I moved house with it two times, and I think it's sitting in the bookshelf next door. Yeah. And I've carried the and because it's a paper book, I've not got it. But because I bought it and I've not read it yet, even though I've read it before, I was like, oh, I'm buying this again because I wanted to buy a book from Powell's. This is like one of the biggest, most famous bookshops in America or whatever like yeah. that. And that was the that book was that I bought the, there. Yeah. And because I bought that book specifically there, mm. never got around to reading it. And now I can li listen to it. So that, again, <laughs> is actually a book that I want to read or listen to as an audiobook. Oh, yeah. So um, the narrator of The Wild Choice, Stefan Rudnicki. Oh, um, who was the writer on this book in the book? Ben Bover book. It was Stefan Rudnicki. Oh, so right. uh, Stefan Rudnicki, he he reads this. His voice was so low. He was like talking down here all the time, really, really low. And because okay. it was, and you know, with that kind of like low voice, where there's a groggy voice, yeah. that when you speed that up at one point, one point five speed or one point two is what I normally listen to audiobooks. <laughs> are. You can't hear it because it, it doesn't like the the, the waveform. It, yeah. it doesn't it, like it's chopping bits out the waveform, and that, like there's so little waveform because it's all out here. Very rare. So uh, I had to listen to it at a one time speed. Also, oh. Stefan Rudnicki does the worst. Irish accent I've ever heard. There's one character who is Irish, and the Irish is um, uh, there's this like this quirk that writers will put in for the Irish. You're sort of like, yes, I do say that, don't I say like that? And there's always oh, yeah, these yeah. little little the, bits on the end of it to signal to signal as, to like yeah because. The, as a, a reader it has yeah. to happen in your head and if yeah. you can't do an irish accent in your head that is a that very that's a very quick thing so i if i was just reading if i knew he was irish and yeah. it, it mentioned a few times that he is irish yeah. and i just read those things i'd be like oh he's got a funny quirky strong irish accent yeah and totally fine no problem at all with that at all but then listening to someone do an even worse irish accent than i can do in my head <laughs> it's awful it's it's it was 
clownish. It's like a comedy route. It is like a bad comedy. It's like when we were watching that Taskmaster and they had to do uh, there was a, they had to do a recreation of a TV show. They had to do the script yeah, yeah. read and a everyone. Scottish accent and there was a, there was a Welsh, and uh, Welsh yeah, and a Welsh policeman, a Scottish no, no, a Scottish policeman, a yeah. Welsh business person, yeah, yeah, and yeah. a Geordie psychologist or something? no i think it was a geordie like a, um, the boss of the company was geordie anyway like that and it felt like all of those comedians doing the worst broadest possible accents of those those people did a better irish accent or those people would have done a better irish accent than stefan rudnicki <laughs> could do the irish accent in this in this audiobook okay literally the worst irish accent also Maybe there it's in the free library because there's also that you can hear him do a few line readings a few times. So he reads out a line. Someone did this and then that person did this. Someone did this and then that person did this. And I was like, Am I going crazy? Oh no, it's they like, they haven't edited just... it. Yeah, they they've got the like they've left an outtake in yeah. or they've that an alternate they reading. Didn't catch it. It. Yeah. Anyway, I thought I had nothing to say about this book and it's forty eight minutes in. Yeah, I, I know uh, it took us twenty five minutes to actually get to the book and we only talked about it for about ten minutes. But yeah, let's let's wrap it up there. Okay. So Ben the... Bova, maybe I'll read another maybe I'll go back and read a book of his that I read before and that I actually know that I like. The next book we're reading though is Velocity Weapon by Megan O'Keefe. Megan now O'Keefe. we know how it's pronounced. Well, I know how it was. Uh, I was correct because, and then I looked it up. So, Velocity, uh, the Protectorate, Book One. And I'm. I started yesterday. I, I mean, I read, started reading it a few days ago and was on my uh, small iPad on page fifty. And then, uh, in the course of um, a few hours, I was on uh, page one hundred and eighty. Yeah. Uh, so it's, and it's a, a thousand. But it's about a thousand pages, thousand pages on there. On my book. So and you're getting and through it quickly. So I started it last night. I, I yes. downloaded it and listened to it, and I started listening and fell asleep around about three and a half minutes in. Okay. And then I woke up and I listened to it a bit more. I managed to. Finish the first chapter and then fell asleep at the beginning of the second chapter and then I woke up at about <laughs> six o'clock this morning went to the toilet I came back and I listened to about another minute and a half of it and <laughs> so then chopping it up and then this morning just before as you were waking up just before I started watching some YouTube videos before you woke up I listened to another few minutes of it yeah. just to like clear up what I've done so I am about seven and a half minutes into a 19 hour audiobook <laughs> but i reckon i might be able to catch up with you yes hopefully okay by the time anyway you i'm already but i only started it because you seem to be getting into it and, yeah. and uh, yeah. funneling it down into your into your brain quite quickly and yes. i need to do that into my ears quite quickly so yeah. that that'll be next week sometime we'll do another podcast then yeah probably yeah sounds good looking right, forward then. to that We've got to finish up before an hour because otherwise, yes, when people do, go do it. running, it doesn't it, it, it doesn't, doesn't go in with their commute. With um, Nobody has a commute anymore, but people no. are running and they need to, they need the, the, to sit in with the running. Yes. All right. Uh, you can follow us on social media channels and write emails Maybe. to Luke. I think I'm packing it in. You know, just just disconnecting from the internet. Just good Goodreads is going to be my only social network <laughs> from now on. I think I think I'm done with Twitter. Yeah. Facebook Facebook depresses yeah, me. Yeah. It's, it just shows uh, the humanity procrastinating and stupidity of humanity. It's quite depressing. But you just sit there doom scrolling all morning. Yes, you just it, sort of like flick, flick, flick. Way, and I'm like, I'm watching way, this mountain bike video. In a way, it is entertaining to, to me. Like it's, it's, it's like watching, you know, the Truman Show. <laughs> And then you're like, hey, look at this idiot person who's such an idiot and is really like massively racist and annoying oh and, and is creating drama everywhere I go. Hey, do you want this in your life, Luke? And I'm like, no, stop showing me that. I don't need that drama in my life. I don't uh, need my drama in my life. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, Bean Dad drama was like fun for a few minutes. Uh, and now I'm like, oh, 
I normally I normally listen to Bean Dad on his podcasts, and now I don't li- now I don't have any podcasts this week to listen to because that happened as well. Um, yeah, I was just talking to a colleague of mine, and we were talking about so oh dumb. yeah, when everything like when all the pandemic stuff is over, and then I was saying, look, here's my prediction. Here's my prediction: pandemic stuff might seem to be over first of all it's not a clear cutoff point there is no clear and then point. and then here's my prediction something else is gonna yeah, happen something else is gonna there's come never gonna be the way back to the previous normal yeah but like you know in the 90s people were saying oh the end of history you know end of the cold war everything fine oh, you know clinton yeah. administration the big news stories is like princess diana dying yeah and uh and uh i don't know yeah the blowjob and maybe some i don't know whatever some like the news stories outrage. were all these, yeah all these uh, but no not even outrage no not even outrage it's like you know what is it with the uh, um who is the uh, footballer who murdered his wife or whatever it is uh, oj well, simpson you know oh, yeah. when did that happen i don't know before uh, my conscious i follow world news time yeah but it was for me it was sort of like oh we had the end of apartheid end of the cold war fall of the berlin wall and stuff yeah. like that um Murder case. Let's have a quick look on this. Yeah, that was in like 1994, you know. So it's right. one of those things where there was that, that period of time where all the news events seemed to be like kind of trivial compared to what had been happening at the end of the 80s. <sighs> and things. and yeah. then 9-11 happened. You're like, oh, no, we're going to go. Let, all right. Yeah. So let's let's go back to craziness. I kind of want another end of history kind of moment. Well, we and have that. It's it's all happening. We're like going straight forward no, towards. No, 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 not the end of history because <sighs> there's a, an apocalypse. The end of history is that we've finished all the wars. The Cold War is over. Yeah. The whole point of the end of history is that it's a good end of history. Now we can just get on to making money and we can have sort of like a big economic boom, boom like we had in the 90s. Yeah. And you really re- noticed that in the 90s that like there was just oh, yeah. more money around. Oh, I yes. mean, it was probably. Like it was trending it, it towards more, the same it, amount it, of wealth and equality. Yes. I was just saying it, it go, goes further apart. The richer gets richer. And then like like in the 90s, there was still like a, a little bit of a block in yeah, the there middle. Was still, there was still but a block in the middle. But now it's just yeah. going apart. But I, I was hearing some guys talk about it. I can't remember on a podcast. This was years ago. They said, oh, yeah, in the 90s, you would just go to a shopping mall and all the shops would be full. Everything yeah. would be packed. Uh. Um, I, I remember going over to the, the metro center up in, up in Newcastle. And we'd go over there as a family and we'd go and spend money on Christmas stuff and there was like the theme park inside the inside the uh, like a roller coaster inside it and loads of yeah. stuff yeah. and every all the shops had massive displays and there was all kind of stuff yeah. and then like yeah like you realize oh in like the early two like maybe in 2010 you'd go to the supermarket and you'd be like oh this is all a bit drab mm. like even for christmas loads of shops mm. and i know it's one of those s- symbols or signals of just you know wealth and wealth inequality that they're just i don't know just yeah and it's, it's and that was even living in berlin like a capital city but you yeah. can totally see that kind of thing yeah, anyway it's um and then i want an end of history part, but like a good yes, end of history and, and then we haven't like and then we haven't even like we, Ben Bova wrote about the invent- and environment stuff, yeah. and that is going on. Yeah, we still got that to well. deal with. So yeah. there will be uh, outcomes played. Like, hey, let's happening. not. Anyway, I said um, I said I didn't want to have negativity oh, and, yes. of, of, uh, of. And we wanted to finish up by before an hour. So you, if don't don't leave Twitter, leave leave Facebook. Never never look at your Facebook page ever again, and you'll be fine. That's what I'm doing now. It's all good. Okay. I have twenty four outstanding friend requests on facebook i'm just not gonna just not gonna reply to them i think i'm just just not gonna accept any more friend requests yeah 
that's fair enough. I think enough. That's, that's, that's maybe an easier way of doing things on Facebook now. Yeah. Uh, Instagram's fun, though. I can just scroll through juggling videos <laughs> and mountain bike videos <laughs> yeah. on Instagram yeah. and pictures of people's pets. Yeah, so uh, join Instagram for uh, fun, fun, fun oh, yeah. Luke, juggling content. <laughs> and Luke and, riding his bike down slopes. Well, It's and fun. stuff. Well, we'll see. Um, yeah, I'm Luke Burridge on Instagram. Uh, so that's it. Oh, and also you can support us on Patreon if you'd like. Patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge. Again, mostly for juggling projects. But, you know, if you want a book, if you want to make me read a book. You or can, me. Or suggest a book. You can uh, you can always put it you can always put it in the support us on the $25 level and get a you pick the topic thing. So we'll, we'll maybe one of us might get around to reading your book if you do that. <laughs> no guarantees. And I'm not going to hate read anything. Don't don't make me review something. Oh, we by, haven't had that for a while. Have what, we? a hate read? Like a, yeah, a really ranty rant book. No, I don't need a ranty rant book. <laughs> don't, I don't need ranty rant books in my life. People like that though. <laughs> when was the, when was the last one star book? <laughs> oh yeah, Interdependency. Interdependency, uh, the last Emperox. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, maybe no more than one of those per year and I'm good to well, that's go. A, that's all right. That's all yeah. right. And maybe not right at the start. All right, it's 56 okay, minutes. Okay, let's wrap it let's up. Go, let's go. Thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.